We now present The Adventures of Marco Polo. Kin Sai succeeded in winning the heart of Pentan, the ruler of the rich province of Zaitun. But Pentan was an honest man, and he realized that Kin Sai was betrothed to Marco Polo. Eventually, Pentan and Kin Sai spoke with Marco Polo. Pentan confessed that he had come to love the daughter of the robber chief. Then Marco Polo agreed to release Kinsai from her betrothal on condition that Benedetta should be released and sent back to Italy. Pentan agreed to these terms, but just then Toktai entered with the news that Kublai Khan would arrive in Zaitun on the following day. Pentan hurried away to make arrangements to meet the great Khan. Then Toktai told Marco Polo that he had evil news for him regarding the messenger whom Marco Polo had injured. You say that you have evil news, Toktai. What has happened to the messenger? Did he die? No, Marco Polo. He did not die. Ah, then at least my life is not forfeit. Hear me. The messenger recovered, and the physician said that his recovery was little short of a miracle. Then what have I to fear? Patience, Marco. Let us hear what Toktai has to say. The great Khan is on his way here. He called at the stronghold of Manji and stayed there for a night, because now Manji and Kublai Khan are firm friends. The messenger had made a good recovery. He went into the presence of Kublai Khan and told him that you had attacked him. Was Kublai Khan furious? He was furious. He said that you had disobeyed his orders and broken your promise to him. But I did not mean to attack the messenger. I merely strove to restrain his horse. You are too headstrong, Marco. Uh, tell me, Toktai, does my brother Mafio accompany the Khan? He does. And Mafio Polo has persuaded the Khan to allow two members of the Polo family and their servant to return to Venice, taking messages to the Pope. Does that mean that I am not to be allowed to return to Venice? Marco Polo, the Khan will decree that before you can leave this land. You will have to fight for your life. To fight for my life? The messenger from the court of King Pentan is called Krishra. He is a mighty swordsman, and it is the Khan's decree that you should fight a duel with this man. But I do not know how to use a two-edged Chinese sword. I am telling you of the Khan's decree. Marco, go now. Fly to the waterfront. See if you can find a boat to take you to Venice. Oh, but, Father, you know I cannot go now. I have sworn that I will not leave here without Benedetta Corsini. But you cannot fight this duel. You heard what Toktai said. This Krishrad is a great swordsman. Well, I must take my chance. Maybe when the Khan hears my story, he may relent. But if anything should happen to me, Father, I charge you to take Benedetta Corsini back to her own people. A charge that I will accept. But I think you are foolish to remain here until the Khan arrives. Well, if the Khan thinks I am missing, might he not put you to death? Might he not wreak his vengeance upon my uncle, Matthew? Mm, that is true. Oh, it seems that fate is against us, just as the clouds appear to be clearing. Is there aught that I can do to aid you, Marco Polo? Yes, Toktai. You can give me lessons in fighting with a two-edged Chinese sword. I shall strive to give a good account of myself when I meet Krishra. I will give you lessons, but it takes a long time to master a Chinese sword. Oh, well, I will do my best. Now I must go to speak with Benedetta. No doubt she has already heard the glad news. Tell me, what has happened? King Pentan no longer loves Benedetta. Our plan succeeded. He desires now to wed Kinsai. Hear me, Toktai. Rest yourself. My father will send for some refreshments for you. I will return soon to take a lesson in fighting with a Chinese sword. Marco, I fear for you. Oh, courage, father. The Khan does not arrive until tomorrow. Mayhap when he hears my explanation, he will relent. Now I must go to speak with Benedetta.
follow? What does this mean? Did you not give me your promise that you would not attempt to speak with Benedetta Corsini? Have you not heard the news, Tarpinzu? I have heard that Kublai Khan arrives in Zaitun tomorrow. Have you not also heard that Pentan no longer desires to wed Benedetta? Speak you the truth? I swear it. It seems that Pentan has now set his heart on marrying Kinsai. <laughs> you are a cunning dog, Marco Polo. It seems that your ruse succeeded. Have a care, Tarpinzu. This palace is a great place for gossip. And these sentries have heard all that we have said. These sentries are my men. And the men of my army are not in the habit of gossiping. Uh, then they differ from the men of all other armies in the world. Mayhap they do. I have trained them myself. Now I beg of you, let me enter that room that I may speak with Benedetta Corsini. She is free now. I desire the great Khan to look upon her when he arrives tomorrow. Why deprive her of her freedom? I have not the right to bestow freedom on Benedetta Corsini... That right belongs to Kublai Khan. You will ask the Khan's permission before you marry. And I have heard that he is not pleased with you, Marco Polo. There is little matter of a servant who was badly injured when you attacked him. I will explain that to the great Khan tomorrow. Meanwhile, let me go from these doors to speak with Benedetta Corsini. So be it. You may enter these doors, but the sentries will remain on guard here. And Benedetta will not be allowed to leave. Stand aside. Let Marco Polo enter, and when he comes out, see that he comes alone. Go, Marco Polo. You are a likable rogue, and I wish you well. I thank you, Tarpinzu. Oh, Benedetta. Benedetta. At last you've come to me. Oh, Marco, I've missed you so much. Oh, my loved one. What news? All is well. At least nearly all is well. Pentan no longer has any desire to marry you. Oh, may heaven be praised. Then we can be wed, Marco Polo. Well, first we have to ask permission of the great Khan. It seems that I have to fight a duel. A duel? Oh, fear not. I will be fighting for life and love. And if I succeed in the duel, Benedetta, we shall sail away together, leaving the wonders of the Orient to go to our own peaceful land. Oh, Marco, when can we go? Not until after the Khan's arrival. Other lives depend on me, Benedetta. My father, my uncle, and my servant will be in danger unless I can win the good graces of Kublai Khan. You must win. You're so strong, so clever, Marco. I've been through so much. But now I feel that happiness is in sight. Happiness is in sight, Benedetta. And I swear that no one shall dash the cup from our lips. Oh, hold me fast in your arms. I love you, Marco. Oh, and I love you. Life means so much to me now, Benedetta. And I will not sell it cheaply. Will I see the great Khan tomorrow? You will, and treat him with all respect. Do you wish me to plead for your life? Not so. I ask no woman to plead for my life. If I must fight for my life, I will do it willingly. And now I must leave you. My friend Toktai awaits me. He is to teach me the art of fighting with a Chinese sword. One lingering caress, Benedetta. Then I will leave you for a little while. Precisely at noon the following day, the advance guard of Kublai Khan arrived at the gates of the city. In the distance could be seen the vast procession. Soldiers in bright male uniforms, mounted on mettlesome steeds, followed by great lumbering elephants covered with gaily coloured canopies. The gates were flung open, and the elephant bearing the great Khan entered. 
By the side of the elephant, on the mettlesome Arab steed, rode King Penton, who had ridden forth into the desert to give greetings to his ruler. Penton's men were drawn up before his palace as a guard of honor. The Khan dismounted from his elephant. He eyed the guard of honor with approval. Then he walked to the foot of the steps, accompanied by Penton and Mafio Polo. On the steps, Marco and Niccolo Polo were standing together. They bowed low as the Khan approached. Niccolo Polo, I am glad to set eyes upon you again. Take you my hand in friendship. I thank you, mighty Khan. I am indeed glad to set eyes on you again. Uh, you may greet your brother, Maffio. Maffio, have you fared well during my absence? I have fared well, my brother. I am glad to see you again. And the Khan tells me that soon we will be allowed to return to Venice. Oh, the Khan is gracious. My father, hear me. I know one is not permitted to speak to the great Khan unless he speaks first. But he has ignored me. He has spoken no word to me. Ask him if I have done aught to offend him. A great and mighty Khan. My son Marco makes humble obeisance before you. He gives you his respectful greeting. I wish no speech with Marco Polo. He is a lying knave. My son may have many faults, mighty Khan, but lying and knavery are not amongst them. I have said that he is a lying knave, and that is sufficient. He gave me his promise that he would not harm Krishra, the messenger. And what happened? He flogged that messenger. I beg that my son be allowed to speak for himself. I wish to hear nothing from Marco Polo. I ask justice on my son's behalf, mighty Khan. Those who lie and deceive me do not deserve justice. It is my decree that Marco Polo shall fight for his life. I am told that Krishra is a mighty swordsman. Therefore, at noon tomorrow, Marco Polo and Krishra will meet on the lawn before the palace. There they will fight until one or the other is killed. But my son has an explanation to make, mighty Khan. Hear me, O great and mighty Khan. You have treated me justly in the past, and I beg that you give me justice again. I do not name all that I have done for you. You know well enough that I have rendered you great service. I swear that I did not mean to harm the messenger. He strove to ride past me, and in attempting to detain him, I but obeyed your orders. But when the messenger struggled, he fell from his horse and struck his head upon a sharp stone. Surely that was no fault of mine. That is a simple explanation and a truthful one, mighty Khan. The messenger has told me that Marco Polo deliberately pulled him from his horse. My son pledges his word against that of the messenger. Penton, you are my ruler here. You hold this province in my name? Now, tell me the truth. Think you not that Marco Polo has sinned? Mighty Khan, it seems that I have been blind. I have been the victim of trickery and deception. I did not know that Marco Polo had attacked my messenger until this minute when you spoke of it. I say to you that Marco Polo has deliberately set out to deceive you, just as he deceived me. And to use your own words, mighty Khan, he is a lying knave. He does not deserve to be allowed to fight for his life. He deserves to be executed. 
now present The Adventures of Marco Polo. Toktai arrived at the city of Zaitun, and he informed Marco Polo that Kublai Khan was most displeased, owing to the fact that Marco Polo had injured King Pentan's messenger. The next day, Kublai Khan arrived at Zaitun. He refused to speak with Marco Polo, but he decreed that Marco should fight a duel with King Pentan's messenger. Niccolo Polo intervened on behalf of his son and told Kublai Khan the true story regarding the messenger's accident. Then King Pentan became enraged. He realized that Marco Polo had duped him. He tried to persuade Kublai Khan to order Marco's execution. Your Majesty King Pentan, I must speak on behalf of my son. I do not think he has done anything which deserves execution. I sent Marco Polo to the court of Kublai Khan to bear a message for me. You also sent another messenger, Your Majesty. You deceived me by sending that messenger. By what right did you attack the messenger? I have already explained that I did not attack him. I merely sought to stop him and send him back to Pekin. I had my orders from the Emperor, Kublai Khan. Did you give those orders, most gracious and mighty Kublai Khan? I did give certain orders, but uh, I did not wish the messenger to be harmed. It seems that Marco Polo came to me on your behalf to ask my permission that you might marry this foreign woman whom you purchased as a slave. Benedetta Cosini. Uh, yes, I think that is the woman's name. Well, I am now prepared to give my consent to that marriage, Pentan, and I shall be present as an honored guest. In fact, it shall be my pleasure to bestow this fair foreign bride upon you. Oh, mighty Kublai Khan, there have been certain alterations to my plans. Oh, great and mighty Khan, there have been certain alterations to the plans of King Pentan. He no longer desires to wed Benedetta Corsini. He desires to wed Kinsai, the woman who was betrothed to me. Marco Polo willingly bestowed Kinsai upon me. Why, this is astounding. You seem to change your mind very rapidly, Pentan. I have come here to attend a wedding. There shall be a wedding. I will marry Kinsai on the morrow, if you will be gracious enough to give your consent. Does she love you? It seems that she loves me very dearly, but she does not love Marco Polo. Oh, well, at one time she loved Marco Polo, but women are very changeable. Well, now, Marco Polo, you can take your choice. Either you fight a duel with the messenger Krishra, or you be put to death now. Make your choice, Marco Polo. The Khan is merciful. Where is the messenger Krishra? I demand speech with him. I am here, but I will not speak without the Khan's permission. Uh, you, uh, you have my permission to speak, Krishra. Hear me first, Krishra. I had orders to waylay you to prevent you from reaching Zaitun. If you say I deliberately attacked you, then you lie. Marco Polo, are you afraid to meet me in mortal combat? Well, I am told that you are a very fine swordsman. They say there is no finer in the dominions of the great Kublai Khan. I am not afraid of you, but I am giving you a chance to save your own life. Because if we do meet in mortal combat, you are the one who will die. <laughs> Boastful, foolish words, Marco Polo. No man has yet defeated me with a two-edged sword. And if we fight, you shall meet your match. But why did you lie to the great Khan? Why did you say that I attacked you? I told the Khan the truth. You have not yet made your choice. Fight me on the morrow, or die a shameful death today. So be it. I bow before the great and mighty Kublai Khan. By his decree, I will meet Krishra in mortal combat tomorrow. Marco, my son, have a care. Marco Polo has spoken. His choice is made. I will look forward to the combat. And should my son win the combat, what then, mighty Kublai Khan? 
Then Marco, Niccolo, and Matthew Polo will be free to return with their servant to Venice. And should Marco die? Then the others shall be free to return to Venice, bearing with them rich gifts which will show that Kubla Khan is grateful. They will also take messages to one whom they call the Pope. Kublai Khan, I beg of you, hear me. Why, who speaks without my permission? It is Kintai speaking to you. I beg that you spare Marco Polo's life. It was no fault of his that he injured the messenger. So, Kintai, I understand that you no longer love Marco Polo. I do not love him. I love Pentan. But I admire Marco Polo. He is my friend, and I do not wish him to die. Uh, strange indeed, the influence which he has on women. Kinsai, why do you plead for this man? He means nothing to you. Oh, great and mighty Penton, soon I am to marry you. I give you my love and my heart, and I know that you will love and cherish me always. But I beg that you intercede with the great Khan to spare Marco Polo. Did he not release me from my promise? Did he not bring us together? Kubla Khan has given his orders, and I will not interfere. Then, if Marco Polo dies, his death shall always stand as a shadow between us. We will never know perfect happiness. Oh, dear, I am tired of these arguments, and the sun beats hotly upon my head. Come forward. Let a sunshade be held over the Khan's head. Ah, that is better. Now, peace, Kinsai. The duel will take place tomorrow, and you must not interfere in men's affairs. A moment, mighty Khan. You have said that soon I will be free to return to Venice. I beg that when I go, I be allowed to take with me Benedetta Corsini, the woman who was to wed Pentan. You may take the woman with you, or she is not of our race. My son Marco loves her. What is this? I did not know that Marco Polo loved Benedetta Corsini. I do love her. And tomorrow, I will be fighting for my life and for the love of Benedetta Corsini. And I shall not perish. We shall see. Fenton, lead me to your palace. I am tired after my journey. Now let my followers and my army disperse and see that they are housed well and in comfort. Your arm, Fenton. We shall go to the palace and you shall give me an account of my fair city of Zaitun. respectful crowd stood aside with bowed heads as Pentan and Kublai Khan went into the palace. Then the crowd dispersed and Marco Polo went to his quarters with Maffio and Niccolo. The three men conversed for some time, Maffio telling of his experiences in Pekin. Ah, truth to tell, I will be glad to return to Venice. Uh, think you that we should ever come back to this country, Mafio? I know not. There is rich trade here, and the Khan has promised that we shall take valuable presents to Venice. He thinks that Venetian ships could call at the port of Zaitun for the purposes of trade. Yes, I have spoken with the Khan on that matter, and I think he looks upon it with favor. Trade, trade, that is all both of you could talk about. And tomorrow you may look down upon my cold corpse. It seems that you're in trouble again, Marco. I admire you for your bravery and your resource. But pretty women have proved your undoing. I shall be sorry to return to Venice without you. Why, you talk as if I am already dead. Well, I am told that this man, Chris Ra, is a great swordsman. I wish there was some way we could prevent this duel. I will not be branded a coward. And I shall give a good account of myself. Who comes? It is Toktai. Ah, Toktai. I have been waiting for you. I wish to spend many hours with you today. 
You will teach me all there is to be known about the handling of a double-edged sword. Why, you proved an apt pupil yesterday, Marco Polo. But Chris Ra is a veritable wizard with the sword. I may prove his match. Ah, there is very little hope for you, Marco. My Uncle Mafio, much as I respect you, there are times when I dislike you. I'm only trying to be sympathetic. Tell me, uh, what does Benedetta Corsini think about this matter? She tries to inspire me with courage, but she is afraid for me. I am also afraid for you, my son. I will not disgrace you, I promise you that. Come then, Marco. Let us go to the other room where we can practice. I will show you a few useful tricks with a double-edged sword. You may be able to stave off the feet for a while. Are you a good swordsman, Toktai? Why, I'm accounted one of the best swordsmen in Pekin. As good as uh, Krishra. Oh, I do not know whether I am as good as Krishra, but I can teach Marco a lot. I have already learned a lot. It seems that one wields these swords with both hands. Yes, I have discovered the secret of balancing the sword properly. But yesterday you taught me about defense, Toktai. Today you will teach me something of attack. I will teach you as much as I can. Come then. We will leave my uncle and my father to talk of the future trade between Venice and the Chinese Empire. No doubt on their frequent visits here, they may feel inclined to pay a visit to my grave. Marco Polo spent many hours that afternoon and evening practicing the use of the double-edged sword with Toktai. The next day, all the town seemed to know that the great duel was to take place. Thousands gathered round the lawns in front of the palace. The Khan's special bodyguard kept his face clear on the lawn. At noon, the trumpets were sounded, and the great Khan approached the lawn, while faithful bearers held a huge colored sunshade over his head. The Khan seated himself on an ivory throne, which had been placed at one end of the lawn. Next to the Khan sat Pentan and Kinsai. A few minutes later, Chris Ra, the messenger, stepped into the open space. He bowed low before Kubla Khan. Uh, you may rise, Chris Ra, and mark well that I do not wish Marco Polo to die. But you said it was to be a fight to the death, mighty Khan. Marco Polo has been of great service to me. I like him, although he is a rogue. I will be content if you remove one of his arms or one of his legs. That will be sufficient punishment. As you command, mighty Khan. Where is Marco Polo? Why is he not here to do battle? I am here, ready to do battle, and I have beside me the woman I love. Come, Benedetta. Bow low before Kubla Khan. So this is the Western woman. Rise and let me look upon your face. Ah, very beautiful, very beautiful indeed, but not to be compared with the women of our race. I am surprised that you were in love with this woman, Pentar. I changed my mind when I saw Kinsai. Uh, you were very wise. Now let the woman stand aside. Have you your double-edged sword, Marco Polo? I have it, Mighty Khan. Ah, it is well. I am ready for the duel to commence. I salute you, Mighty Khan, holding my sword aloft in the air. Your orders will be carried out, and Marco Polo shall be defeated. I salute you, Mighty Khan, holding my sword in the air. If I die, or if I am maimed, it will not be because I am a coward. I am fighting now for two things, life and love. On guard, Krishna! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 